0: to Thursday. This has been an interesting week, let me tell you. I am sitting here in my studio at um, 6.30 in the morning looking out a big window here and watching it rain like a son of a gun. It is really raining out there and it's been raining pretty much off and on for a oh, two, two, almost two weeks now, I guess. Yeah, we've had periods of sun, but we haven't had like a really sunny day. Oh well, at least we don't have that oppressive heat that many of you had, particularly in the Northwest, and now I guess it's kind of sliding across the country. Anyway, glad to have you with us. It is a Thursday, and today we are going to play an old-time radio western. And we are going to play an episode of The Six Shooter. And this is a very good episode. I have never played this on any of my shows in the last 13,
1: 14 years.
0: I don't know why. Well, one reason why is I didn't have a really good copy until fairly recently. Also, the six-shooter only ran for one season. So what is there? Something like 30 episodes, 39 episodes, something like that. I'd have to count them up. But... Sadly, uh, we don't have four or five hundred episodes of of The Six Shooter like we do some other shows, uh, Dragnet, Gunsmoke. But we have what we have, and so we kind of dole them out sparingly so we don't run out of them. So if I can stretch them out over a period of a couple years, well, then we can go back and, and listen to them again. And. They're not quite so fresh on our mind. But this is a good one. This one is a a family tragedy with a Shakespearean twist. Shakespeare once said, The saddest thing about betrayal is that it never comes from your enemies. That kind of sets the tone for this one. So it's time for you to get over there in that easy chair and get your feet up, get yourself something cool to drink, Make yourself comfortable. Get rid of the cares of the day because you're going to ride along with Britt Ponsett on a cattle drive to Abilene and he is uh, driving with the McAdams brothers and you're going to learn all about their family dynamic on this episode of the Six Shooter entitled The Stampede.
2: America's leader in modern automatic home heating equipment and the National Broadcasting Company present James Stewart as the Six Shooter, a transcribed series of dramas based on the life of Britt Ponsett, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. Now, Act One of the Six Shooter.
3: 400 head in the McAdams herd, 400 white-faced Texas cattle, and only three of us to shove along the trail to Abilene. But the McAdams boys had promised me a tenth of whatever the herd brought, so I'd signed on for the drive. And it looked like I was going to earn the money, too. There'd been a cloud burst the second night out, and uh, it sounded like we might be heading into some more bad weather. The sky was all black and purple, and the wind began blowing up little balloons of dust. Thunder made the steers restless. They still remember that first storm. They didn't like the idea of going through another one. Hi, right, come on now. Come on, cattle. Hi-ha. Hi, cattle. I can see the rain now. It hadn't hit us yet. It's still a couple of miles ahead, but I, I could see it real plain, streaking down across the sky like little silver lines on a great blackboard. In the canyon where we were, the sun was still shining gave me a sort of funny feeling, rain and sunshine all at once, sort of like being two places at the same time. Rife McAdams, he came pounding up from behind and rained up alongside of me and Scar. Oh, boy. Oh. What do you think, Britt? Well, if that wind don't change, we'll be getting wet inside of 15 minutes. Don't look like it'll change.
4: No, afraid not. And I guess we might as well keep on going. It'll be easier to handle if we're out of this canyon when the storm hits. Yeah. That'll ride up until tell Norm. Okay. Norm! Hey! Yeah? Get the ladder. Keep moving. What's the hurry? You want to be weak enough for you? Do I tell you. Stop beefing. Okay, okay. Come on, move it. Norm'll speed
3: him up, Britt. I'm going back and see that there ain't no stragglers. Uh, want me to give Norm a hand? No,
4: no, I can handle it myself. It's about time he learned how. All right, you're the boss. Yeah. Just uh, keep an eye on him, Britt.
3: Sure, sure. What the devil That lightning had hit a pine tree about 50 yards up the side of the canyon. And when it toppled over, it started a couple of boulders rolling down the side of the ravine toward us. That was all the cattle needed to set them off. One of the longhorns took a look at the rock and let out a ball that told the other animals to get out of his way.
1: Hey, stop them, Norm. Stop them before
3: they stay Life circled around and galloped over toward his brother. But Norm wasn't waiting for him. No, no. I saw him head up the slope of the canyon, and it looked to me like he didn't intend to stop anything. All he cared about was getting out of the way. So I dug my heels into Scar's flanks, and we rode right into the middle of the herd. If I could split them in half, only part of them would tear loose, even in a stampede. Right was in front of the herd now. Ah, ah, the lead steer turned off. A couple of more shots, and the rest follow the him. There we are. I knew there wasn't going to be any stampede. Not now, anyway. Rife had stopped him just in time. Ah, it's nice
5: going, Rife. Somebody had to do it. Yeah. What happened to you? The horse bolted. Almost threw me. Yeah? I guess you were scared. The horse? That's what I said.
3: Yeah. Well, here comes the rain. Ah, it looks like this a tail end of it, though. Uh,
4: probably won't be more than a shower. We better keep moving anyhow. You take over up here, Britt. Normal riding back with me. Sure. Your horse all right now?
1: I guess so. Okay, let's go.
3: About half an hour later, the rain let up. It was nearly sundown, a green-yellow rainbow arched up over the hills to the east, Rife decided to make camp for the night. Neither of the McAdams brothers said much during supper, and... Afterwards, Norm sort of moved off a couple of yards from the campfire and started playing his mouth
1: organ.
5: What you staring at, Rife? Huh? You heard me. I don't know what you mean. You've been watching me ever since this afternoon my horse bolted. You've been looking at me the way you used to look when I was a kid and done something you thought was
4: wrong. We almost had a stampede today, Norm. Almost. You was riding front, man. You was the one to stop it. I suppose you've never been on a horse that ran away with you. You was always able to handle that palomino before. Why do you have to keep nagging? I'm
5: no cattleman. I didn't want to come on this drive in the first place. It's our herd. It's your herd. It was up to me would have sold the ranch years ago.
4: Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe we ought to sell out. We'll talk
5: about it when we get back home. Hold up a minute. Thought it was my turn to look after the cattle tonight.
4: It's been a pretty hard day. You're probably tired. I'll wake you I'm in. no more tired than you are. Okay, Norm. I'll be
5: over in that hill over yonder.
4: Well, you're not serious, right, about selling out, are you? There's something in what Norm says. He's no cattleman. Well, maybe not, but you are. I can always get work somewhere. Carrie would probably be happier in town anyway. Carrie? My wife. Oh, I didn't know you were
3: married, right? Yep,
4: last winter. She's staying with her folks in Bradley while we take the cattle north. Is that so? Carrie's a fine girl, Britt, younger than I am, about Norm's age. Young and pretty. You'll like her. Everybody does. Yeah, even Norm. First time in our life him and me have ever agreed on anything or anybody. Well, she think... told me not to take him with us on this drive, said he'd never make it. I should have listened to her. Now He's
3: pretty young, Rife. This is his first cattle drive. For all we know, his horse maybe did run
4: away with him, you know. Norm did the runner, not his horse. He's no good, Bred. I guess it's my fault. I guess I brung him up wrong, but he's no good. No, you're not his father. You're not to blame for how he turned out. I'm the only father he ever had. Our old man died when Norm was just a baby, and Ma just lasted a couple of years after that. Oh, I'm sorry. I was 13, practically full grown when she passed on, but Norm was only four. She made me promise I'd look after him, see if he got his school and a chance to mount to something. Yeah. Fire's almost done. Oh, here, I'll fix it. I sent him to school, bought him books. But he wouldn't stick it out. It was too much like work. That's his real trouble. Britt. he's lazy, he's selfish. Expects everything to be handed to him all tied up in a fancy ribbon. Like this afternoon, he wasn't afraid of the cattle. He just couldn't be bothered stopping them. He didn't care that much.
3: Oh, maybe he's had it too easy, Rife. Maybe if the chips are down, he'd surprise you.
4: Maybe... Well, I'm not making the same mistake again. Not with my own kid. With your own? What? Yeah. Carrie's expected. He might be here by now, for all I know. Gee, well,
3: well, congratulations, hey. Brian. <laughs>
4: I'll buy you a cigar and have it. Yeah, all right. Oh, well, that's fine.
3: Well, I I guess maybe it's time to turn in, I think.
4: I ain't very sleepy. I think I'll go up and the... Well, see if Norm's all right. <laughs> Oh, doggone it, Brady is my kid brother. Sure. I know, right. Sure.
1: (laughs)
3: Good night. I banked the fire for the night and spread out my bedroll. The moon came up, full moon. Kind of a moon you ought to have after a rain. I stretch out (sighs) flat. except
1: for
3: a couple of rocks right in the small of my back. Oh, yeah. well, I felt about as comfortable as man has right to feel.
5: Rife? No, it's me. Oh, well, I thought you were looking after the herd. Rife come nosing around. I guess you don't trust me. So if he wants to stay up all night, that's his business. Huh? well, i sorry. Yeah, we got nothing but heroes on this drive.
1: Huh?
5: How do you figure that? Well, you're the sixth shooter, ain't you? Supposed to be the fastest man with a gun west of Kansas City. East of there, too, from the way folks tell it. No, you shouldn't believe everything you hear, Norm. I don't. I don't believe you any faster with a gun than the next man. Probably not. I don't believe you any faster than me. See that white rock over there? Well?
4: Hmm. Well, you're
5: good. Mm. Go ahead. It's your turn.
3: Well, I'm afraid I'm sort of out of practice of shooting at rocks. I used to do it, but I haven't tried it recently.
5: What do you mean by that? I'm still a kid? I didn't mean
3: anything. You're a good shot. Now, good night. Maybe you think it was an accident I hit it.
5: I hit it. I can do it again. (laughs) There. You see that? Oh. Good
3: night. Uh, the ground was kind of damp and cold all night, but it didn't keep me from sleeping. And when I finally woke up, the sun was just starting to shove the sky away from over my head. In a couple of seconds, I couldn't quite decide whether to open my eyes or not, but the smell of coffee made me... Make up my mind.
4: Oh! Morning. Morning. Want some java? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Where's Norm? Taking a bath. Taking a, a bath? Yeah. <laughs> Found a water hole the other side of the hill. Oh. He'll be back any minute. Trust Norm to keep himself duded up. It wouldn't surprise me if he showed up wearing a clean shirt. Yeah.
3: Well, you can't blame a fellow for... Hmm.
4: Yeah,
3: what's this? Hmm? Oh, it looks like a letter. Oh, oh, here, it's yours. Mine? Well, it says, Love Carrie. Isn't that your wife's name, Carrie? Yeah. Oh,
4: yeah, well, here. Read it to me, Britt.
3: What?
4: Out loud. Read me what it says.
3: Well, I, I, uh, I'm not interested in somebody else's mail life. I especially love letters. Is that what it is? Well, you, you ought to know it's yours, isn't it? No.
4: No, Britt, it ain't. Carrie ain't never written me. She knows I can't read it's Norm that had the school, and remember, Britt? I told you last night. Yeah,
3: yeah, I remember.
4: Read me what it says. Go on, Britt, read it.
3: The sun was warm in the back of my neck as I stood there, facing Rife, holding that piece of lavender paper in my hand. I looked down at the letter and then up at Rife again. He was just standing there, waiting, not moving. Not any part of him moving except the vein in his throat that jumped out a little throbs.
4: I'm waiting,
3: Britt. Now, it's not my letter, Rife, and I guess it isn't yours. It is concerns it? me,
4: don't it? It's from Carrie. It's from my wife. Well, that's between you and her. I want to know what it says, what she's been writing to Norm about. Go ahead, Britt.
5: Read it to him. Oh, maybe you'd rather I told you what it says, Rife. It says Carrie loves me, that she'll always love me, and it goes in a detail. You of rotten
1: little wolf! Here we are, Raph.
4: You think that gun will stop me? I'll break your neck will walk right into it, Raph. Now, put
5: it away, Norm.
3: You wanted a sample of my shooting last night. You put that gun away and you'll get it.
5: What am I supposed to do, take you both on?
3: This isn't my argument. It'll take three of us to get that herd to Abilene. I just want to be sure there'll be three of us to do it. But, uh, there ain't going to be three, Britt.
1: You've taken everything for me! All your life you've taken everything, but you're not taking.
3: What a set about finishing that drive. Two men may not make it, and I'm going to be sure I'm not going to lose that money, you promised me. Now, come on. Now, straighten up here. Yeah. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Yeah. Are you both able to ride now? Yeah. All right. I'm able. Norm, what about you? Sure. All right, now, come on. Let's get started. I dumped out the coffee and covered up the fire while Norm got the horses. We saddled up and got the herd underway. Norm moved out to the front, and I stayed in the middle. Rife brought up the rear. I figured it'd be just as well if I stayed between them. I looked back a couple of times and whenever I did, I saw Rife staring at Norm, watching him. Watching every move he made. But he didn't say a word. All day long he didn't say a word. And then at supper time, all sat off to one side just picking at his food. I noticed there's nothing wrong with Norm's appetite, though. Any more beans? Yeah, it looks like you finished them up, Norm.
5: Oh? You're kind of hungry tonight, huh? Why not? just a kid still doing my growing. At least that's what some people think.
3: Uh Uh-huh. Well, as long as you're so full of energy, maybe you wouldn't mind looking after the cattle, huh? Huh? Well, you missed your turn last night, didn't you?
5: Say, you taking over this outfit, Ponset? No,
3: no, 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 no. Just a suggestion.
5: I guess somebody's got to run things. Don't look like my brother's holding a very tight rein. See you in the morning.
3: yeah. Yeah. Come on, uh, Rife. Uh, how about some shut-eye? Okay. Good night. Night. I waited till Rife dropped off, and then I closed my eyes. I didn't sleep very long, though. No. But an hour later, something woke me up. At first, I thought it was a coyote. And then I saw Rife edging off through the brush... Going somewhere, Rife? Huh? The coyote woke you up, too, huh? Yeah. That gun ain't gonna do much good if you're thinking on killing it, Rife. What do you mean? It's empty, Rife.
4: You ain't got no right to interfere.
1: Oh?
4: Oh? I was just
3: thinking about that
4: 10% of the herd. I'm gonna kill him, Britton. You can't stop me. Nobody can. He's your brother. No, no, he ain't. Not anymore. What a brother do what he did to me. I ain't never had anything I could really call my own. If he wanted something, he took it. I never stopped him. But Carrie is my wife. She belongs to me, and this time I'm going to stop him. Well, oh, haven't you better wait and talk it over with her? I waited too long already. And why do you think she didn't want Norm to go with us on this drive? It wasn't because she was afraid he'd never make it. She wanted him there with her. And at a time like this, she's is... Easy, <laughs> easy now, right? Probably want to take over the baby, too, when that comes along.
3: No, no, come on now. You've got to get some sleep now. You'll feel better in the morning. Now, come now. on now. No,
4: I won't feel better in the morning, Brit. I won't feel no better until... until I'm even with him. Hey, Keep moving. Come on. Yeah.
1: I guess yeah. none of
3: the three of us got much sleep that night. And by noontime yeah. the next day, that saddle of mine was a little harder than yeah, usual. I've been sort of keeping my eye on hey. Rife... He was still riding behind me. But the sun was getting hot, and I was kind of drowsy, so I... I just sort of jogged along for the next few miles, not paying much attention to anything or anybody. If Scar hadn't given me a jolt... Easy, boy, easy, easy enough, I wouldn't have looked around, and I wouldn't have seen that we were coming into a gorge. It was very narrow, barely wide enough for the herd, and rock walls jutted up at a sharp angle too steep for a horse to climb. By the time I got my bearings it was too late. This was just the kind of a place Rife was looking for. I couldn't see him now but I knew he was doing the firing and I knew why. He was trying to stampede the cattle and there in the gorge Norm wouldn't be able to get out of the way. There was no chance of getting back to stop Rife. All I could do was jam right into the middle of the herd. Come on boy now come on
1: come on come on
3: Scarf fought his way past a couple of steers. I tried to keep them under control, but the ones from the rear started pressing forward in earnest, and there just wasn't no holding the rest up. And we was right in it now, a real stampede. And this was Rife's way of killing his brother, and I wasn't so sure I was going to fare any better than Norm. A couple of the cows shoved against us and almost toppled us over. Scar was pretty certain to lose his footing before we could get much further, and I, I jerked out my gun. I cleared us a little path, but the cattle plugged it up before we get through. All of my shooting was just making things worse. There was nothing to do now but just give Scar his head. Let him, let him run with it. I hadn't had time to worry about Norm. I didn't know what had happened to him. I didn't even think about him until it. Happened. Hey, that, that wasn't firing. That wasn't right firing. That was from up ahead bird was half-crazy down there. They'd been shot at from all directions. They didn't know where to turn now. I rose up in my stirrups and looked forward. Norm... Norm was holding his ground at the mouth of the gorge. He could have gotten away, all right, but he... he was holding his ground. If I hadn't lifted myself up, maybe I... I'd have been able to hang on when the cattle twisted around and started changing direction. As it was, I... Oh, ah!
1: Scar
3: held his ground out behind a rock. That was the only thing that saved my neck. I rolled under and the cattle as they swung around. I started heading back to
1: the
3: <laughs> In a, a couple of minutes I was in the clear. the cattle had passed me by. I I pulled myself up. Up to my feet and I looked around the herd was still out of control. They're charging out the other end of the gorge. But And then I... Then I got a flash of Rife. Norm... Yeah! Norm Nor must have heard it too.
1: Right, right!
3: Norm came pounding past me, firing at all the me like a crazy man, trying to get through
1: to his brother. Where are you, Rife? Rife! Rife!
3: Moved on almost out of sight now before I saw Rife again. He was lying on the ground in a smear of sticky red dust, and Norm was there bending over him when I got up to him.
5: You.
4: You all right, Rife? I started him, Norm. I figured you'd try to get out of the way, but. You didn't run. You. You stopped him. He stopped him, didn't he, Britt? Yeah. Yep, yeah.
5: I didn't mean for him to turn on you, Rife. I, I swear I didn't. I
4: know that. I know it. I, I saw you trying to get through to me. Why did you want to help me, Norm? I started them so they'd kill you. Why did you want to help me? You're my brother.
5: You're all I've got, all I've ever had. You hear that, Brett? You don't hate me. Rife, listen... About Carrie. About that letter. I, it's all right, Norma. I, I don't blame you. I, I don't blame Carrie. Neither. But she loves you, Rife. That letter was written a long time ago. Before you and her were married. Before she even knew you. Long,
4: long time ago. Yeah, I've
5: carried it with me ever since. I was in love with her, but she wasn't in love with me. Not ever. And when you come along, she realized it. she She's never had anything to do with me since. I only kept the letter so I could show it to you... and you got to riding me the way you did yesterday. You, you're telling the truth. You know I am, don't you? Yeah.
4: Yeah, I guess I do. Sure. I guess I've known it all along. When Carrie told me about us having a baby... I, I was so happy and proud it almost spilled over. I guess a man couldn't feel that way if he wasn't sure of his wife. Take
1: it easy. Take
3: it easy, Rife. Right now, don't try talking too
4: much. <laughs> What's the matter with you, Britt? You think them cattle finished me? No, no, of course not. You said no. it would take all three of us to get to Abilene. That's the way it's going to be. All three of us. Sure. You and Norm and me. Maybe a while before I can get on my legs, but you just give me a couple of hours' rest while you're rounding up the herd. A couple of hours and I'll be ran to uh...
1: Rife
3: Rife He's dead, Norm. But but he can't be. He was feeling better. You heard him. Well, a man don't always know when he's dying, Norm. Sometimes a man's lucky. I
5: <laughs> Brit. Yeah. It's only, only kids that cry, ain't it? I guess, I guess this makes me a kid. (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't say
3: that, Norm. I'd say you've done a lot of growing up today. We buried Rife there at the mouth of the gorge and went off to round up the cattle again. We managed to find most of them, and about a week later, we hit Abilene. All during that week, I kept wanting to ask Norm about that letter from Carrie, if it was true what he told Rife, if it really had been written a couple of years ago. But somehow, I, I don't know, the subject never came up. Leastwise, I never found a good time for bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Besides it, really, it wasn't any of my
2: business. Coleman, America's leader in modern automatic home heating equipment, and the National Broadcasting Company have presented James Stewart as... The Six Shooter. Mr. Stewart may currently be seen in the Universal International picture Thunder Bay. Others in the cast were Lou Merrill and James McCallion. The Six Shooter is an NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions and is based on a character created by Frank Burt, and today's transcribed story was written by him. Special music was by Basil Adlam, and the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious. And any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. This is Hal Gibney speaking. Listen to Last Man Out, one of the Magic 28, next on the NBC Radio Network.
0: Those that are betrayed do feel the treason sharply. Yet the traitor stands in worst case of woe. That's what Shakespeare said about treachery, about betrayal. What do you think? Do you think that Norm was telling the truth? Or do you think that Norm was just trying to make his brother feel better? Do you think Norm was trying to salve his own conscience? Oh, boy, that was a good episode. That is really a good episode. Only three players in that. You had your Jimmy Stewart, you had Lou Merrill, who I believe played uh, uh, Rife, and James McCallion, who played, I believe, uh, Norm. And that episode originally was broadcast on October 4th, 1953, on NBC. What a great show, The Six Shooter, and uh, how well those scripts were put together and it's hard to do sound effects on something like a cattle stampede i think they did as good a job as they can do in a studio of course they probably had recordings of uh, of some of the, uh, the the cow sounds but uh, excellent excellent uh, excellent episode well we'll put the six shooter away for a couple of weeks but we'll bring back out another episode uh, sometime during the month of july And I get a lot of requests for this show, and it is a tremendous, tremendous show. And uh, we love it. We love it. So that's the story of Norm and Rife McAdams. And uh, I guess in the end, you might think of this Shakespearean quote, If you do love my brother, hate not me. I am his brother, and I love him well. And maybe Norm learned that. But maybe he learned it too late. (laughs) ¶¶ Is a slam dunk. We have done finished out the week, Chester. It's been a good week. Yeah, we've had a lot of good shows this week. You're right. I I think so. We've had some really good ones. And so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be back this weekend with an archive show. And we'll also, I think, have a grab bag. I'll let you know on Saturday. But I'm pretty sure I've got some shows I have in mind that I want to throw in that old grab bag. And so we should be uh, we should be presenting that to you. You know, we try to go out with songs from the year that the show was produced that we just listened to. And here we are back in 1953, and we've done a lot of sh- uh, music from 53, and I thought, eh, eh, it's my show, I can do what I want, right? So, if you haven't figured it out yet, I love songs that tell stories. Uh, some of those are ballads, but others are just uh, songs that tell stories. And since this is our Western day, Thursdays, are old-time radio Westerns, I thought we'd go out with a little country music today. A little country music. We're going to go out with a really one of my favorite songs by George Strait. And uh, it, it tells a great story. Listen to the lyrics. Listen to the lyrics and then listen to the lyrics of the second song we're going to play by Reba McIntyre. Both of them are just outstanding. And I think you'll enjoy them as much as I do. And that's it. That's it. We're getting out of here. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by. And I am so glad you met me.
6: Quarter till nine. She heard his voice on the other end of the line. She wondered what was wrong this time. She never knew what his calls might bring. With a cowboy like him, it could be anything. And she always expected the worst in the back of her mind. He said it's cold out here and I'm all alone Didn't make the short go again And I'm coming home I know I've been away too long I never got a chance to ride a car And I know this rodeo's been hard on a song But I'll be home soon And honey, is there something wrong? She said, don't bother coming home By the time you get here, I'll be long gone There's somebody new and he sure ain't no rodeo man He said, I'm sorry it's come down to this There's so much about you that I'm gonna miss, but it's alright, baby. If I hurry, I can still make Cheyenne. Gotta go now, baby. If I hurry, I can still make Cheyenne. He left that phone dangling off the hook. Then slowly turned around and gave it one last look Then he just walked away He aimed his truck toward that Wyoming line With a little luck he could still get there in time And in that shy and wind he could still hear her say Said don't bother coming home By the time you get here I'll be long gone There's somebody new and he sure ain't no rodeo man He said I'm sorry it's come down to this There's so much about you that I'm gonna miss But it's alright, baby. If I hurry, I can still make Cheyenne. Gotta go now, baby. If I hurry, I can still make Cheyenne. She never knew what his cause might bring. With a cowboy like him, it could be anything And she always expected the worst in the back of her mind
7: future An executive on his way up has got to play the part And each time duty calls In New England through with you I hear the winter time up north can last forever, and I've been told it's beautiful to see this time here. They say the snow can blind you Till the world you left behind Just disappears high here I've packed your bags and left them in the hallway But before you leave again There's just one thing you ought to know When the icy wind blows through you